You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We're going to have a great night. Pastor John, I am surprised you finally sewed sleeves on that shirt. You give the rest of us a chance to have confidence as we're on stage. And everyone knows the importance of confidence, right? But it matters where your confidence comes from. I've, I've actually lived a pretty interesting life with God where I've, I've come into confidence through many things. And I'm sure some of you noticed this, that when you came into this house, you probably saw the impossible. Who, who's seen the impossible in this house? Who's experienced the impossible in this house? So I came most of my life completely unreligious. I mean, you, you could even say atheist when I came to the knowledge of Jesus. And that was around my senior year of college. And I, I started to go through the rounds of, you know, this is really cool. Like, okay, I like this Jesus guy. Um, but I wasn't experiencing any transformation. I wasn't seeing the impossible. I wasn't learning about the impossible. And what do you expect? I backslid. And I, now I had everything in my life the way it once was, except now I had guilt. Now I was aware I wasn't supposed to be sinning. <laughs> But I was still doing it. And so when I got invited to this church and I got exposed to the impossible, I said, God, you better be real. If I'm going to give you another shot, what I see, it's not good enough. It was not good enough for me to see the impossible from a distance. I had to experience it. And my journey to where I am now has been a journey of just going hard to do the impossible, to find God in the impossible. And I have found him, and it has changed my life. I would not have the wife I have now if it wasn't for this journey. I am not worthy of her. I think every man can attest to that. But there's something to be said about going on the journey. And there's something to be said about finding what you're looking for. Doesn't the Bible say... uh, Seek and you shall find, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door shall be open. God is looking for us to go the next step. So you could easily fill a seat in here and see a miracle, experience a miracle, and never take one home with you. This is a souvenir church. We want you to take something with you. I know, don't, don't tweet that. Um, but the reality is, there is more for us to encounter. And I've seen the impossible and literally, the way I did it was I saw someone do it, and I said, I'm going to try that. Yeah. So I, I had my, we had Mike Connell come through. He did a deliverance session. I got radically delivered. Two weeks later, I got asked to deliver someone. And I said, well, I've seen it done before. Now, I don't recommend you do that because it's not a clean thing. But, but I've, I've had other experiences where I've seen someone lay hands on someone, not say a word, and the Spirit of God just falls on them. So I said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to believe that if I put my hand on someone and want God to, to rock them, he's going to rock them. Sure enough, it happened. The next thing, the next thing. Then it's, oh, someone says, I have cancer. Well, I've seen Pastor John pray for someone to get healed of cancer. Why can't I do it? And I went on this journey of exploration. And can I tell you what I found was at the root. It's this idea that we don't actually know who we are in Christ. So so here's the thing. A lot of churches, not ours, but it's still a temptation that sits with us, is that we come to Jesus to have our sins forgiven. We come to receive a miracle. 
And even then, God doesn't want us to stop. Think about this. I'm going to give you two examples from the Bible. In, in, in John, they see the blind guy on the side of the road. And Peter says, who sinned, this man or his parents? So Jesus spits in the dirt, makes clay, sticks it on his eyes, tells him to go wash off. Now, the reason Jesus only healed someone that way once was because otherwise we'd have magic mud pits on the side of the altar and we'd be trying to heal blindness with mud. But for this instance, you need to understand that the guy did not just receive his miracle. You have to understand the significance if, if you were a beggar on the side of the road wearing a beggar's coat, people would walk by and spit at you in disdain. They would actually spit, and they would, they, it would be a moment of shame because like Peter said, who sinned? So they associate your infirmity, your sickness, with your sin. And so what Jesus did is he took what had given this guy an identity of shame and used the very act to restore his identity. So you have to remember that God is not just for your miracle. He's not just for the taking away of your sins. He is for the restoration of your identity. Another example, real fast, when the four paralytic, or the, the four paralytics, no, the, the four friends lower the paralytic through the roof. It would be a much more interesting story if four paralytics got on the roof. But we'll tell that at a different time. Okay, so the four friends lower their friend on the mat down into the room where Jesus is sitting. And what does Jesus say to that man who's being lowered on a rug, sitting like this, saying, what are we doing here? He says, your sins are forgiven. And everyone in the room is like, why would he say your sins are forgiven? Remember what Peter said. Remember what the culture said, that sickness is a result of broken identity, of, of, of sin. And so what Jesus said is, what is it easier to do? To, to he, say this man's sins are forgiven or to tell him that he's healed. But to prove to you I can forgive sins, pick up your mat and walk. What you have to understand is everyone in the room may have seen a healing and said, but you just healed a sinful man. Now you have a healed man who still has the guilt of potential sin in his life. So what Jesus did is he not only healed him, He forgave his sins so that the man could actually have right standing in society. And so you have to understand that Jesus was all about not just salvation, not just the miracle, but identity. And if we only could grasp the identity that we have in Jesus, you would see the impossible as normal. And who wants that? Okay. Take a look at this. Romans 8, 14 through 17. This is one of my favorite verses on identity. So I'll read it from here because I'm not so tall that you can't see over me to read it on the screen. (laughs) For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God and daughters. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. Now I want you to grasp what he's saying. When you get born again, you get adopted into God's family. Now now God is the king of kings. And the son or daughter of a king is royalty. And you have to understand that you are spiritual royalty. It starts with that. 
not only that, you are called to share in the Father's mission to bring heaven to earth. When a king has a kingdom and a kingdom has a dominion, and God's dominion is absolutely what we're about. We're about bringing heaven to earth, right? But if that's his mission, it becomes our mission. Because when we become adopted, we not only get the king, we get the king's kingdom, his mission, we also get his throne room. And who wants the inheritance? It says we are, if sons, then heirs of heaven. Who would like access to the throne room of heaven? Exactly. We all would. But it starts with this idea of who we are. See, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that's why the message is Holy Spirit. No, it's, um, <laughs> it's the kingdom within and if we're going to see the impossible, it's all about the kingdom within. I, I love when, when Jesus gets up and he reads the scripture that says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, that's your mission. Read that verse as if it's you. And you will begin to see amazing things. And so I love to talk about how we access this realm through, through, through a simple equation. Um, we all want to see his kingdom come. So his kingdom comes through power and love. You've probably all heard that power and love, right? His kingdom comes through power and love. We know love is important. Otherwise, you could do, you know, even in Revelation, Jesus condemned the church with all the miracles and no love. We don't want to be a church that's a clanging symbol. You don't want to be a person who's a clanging symbol. But, but power, how do we access power? It's, it's at the forefront of our intimacy and our identity. So if we want to see the miraculous in our lives, we need to focus not on power itself, but on our intimacy and our identity. So our identity is that authority as a son or daughter as the, of the king of heaven. And our intimacy is how we live in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And if we get those two things right, you will see the impossible. Does that sound simple enough? Good. And, and I will say this. Without proper intimacy and identity, you're not going to see heaven up close. You will see it nearby. And you can experience it from someone else. But if you have these, nothing shall be impossible for you. Nothing shall be impossible for you. And that's why we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. So who has access to the Holy Spirit? Anyone who's born again. In fact, it's, he's, the spirit of adoption is another way of saying he's, he's the signature. The Holy Spirit is the signature of your salvation. He is actually the proof, but what we do from there is completely up to us. So every one of us, when we come to Jesus, when we get born again, we get the Holy Spirit in us. John 14, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, spirit of truth, um, because it never sees or no, okay, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. When Jesus said, I won't leave you orphans, I will come to you, he meant my spirit will come to you. And later on in John 14, it says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home in him. You are the house of God. This is the house of awaken. You are the house of God. God lives within you. And that's important for us to understand. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, 
I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is God. He has power, but he's more than an object. He is actually a person. And that means he has the characteristics of a person. And that means the way that we relate to the Holy Spirit is to God. we, We relate to him through relationship, and we have to steward that relationship. And he has characteristics and personality. And if you've ever followed the Holy Spirit's leaning, he has a sense of humor. The types of things that he has us do. But think about this. Like any person, the Holy Spirit has personality traits. He's, they, anytime you see the spirit of, that next word is a trait of the Holy Spirit inside of you. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, truth, helper, wisdom, adoption, grace. The Holy Spirit has these traits. He has this ability to guide us. And in fact, he reveals all. Um, in John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And if you want to know what God is up to, the Holy Spirit will tell you. How many people in this past season, when things started hitting the fan, had a few questions for God? How many of you went to God and got answers on those? Less hands. Because the reality is, if we can learn to seek God in these things, wow. we will actually get answers. I can tell you that within the first two weeks of, of lockdown, God revealed to me the majority of what's been happening since. Incredible. Because we have a good relationship. And instead of freaking out, I said, okay, so I know you're doing something. You haven't like left us to our devices. What are you doing? What is behind the scenes? What, what is it you're trying to stir in us? And, and it turns out that this message is a part of it, that God, right in this season, wants his church to understand the commission. And I'll say this real fast, we'll move on. When Jesus said, go and make disciples of nations, he didn't just say disciples in nations. Some of you may have heard this before. He just said disciples of nations. Our job is to be the culture setters. And we can only do that when we're according to his leaning. So if you even want to see God move in this season, we have to take this message seriously. And we have to see what he has for us. Okay, so far so good? Am I doing okay? Not going too fast? All right, so the Holy Spirit is a person. We should talk to him as such. Um, He produces good fruit in us. So the fruit of the Spirit, who can name the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I actually don't have them memorized, so good for you who were raised in church and have memorized them. The good news is iPhones are a ready tool for knowledge. Okay. The fruit of the Spirit. How many people could use, we said, how many people could use more joy? What about more peace? More patience, especially now that you're at home with your entire family. All these things that you seek, the fruits of the Spirit are finite resources according to our strength. No matter how hard you try, you will run out of patience. No matter how hard you try, you will run out of love, you will run out of joy, you will run out of forgiveness. But when it says it's the fruit of the Spirit, what God is really saying is if you cultivate the Holy Spirit inside of you, the natural fruit that is produced will be the fruits of the Spirit. So if you are feeling a lack of joy cultivate the spirit inside of you. If you are feeling a lack of patience or peace, cultivate the spirit inside of you and the natural fruit 
of that relationship. See, the fruits of the Spirit are so you don't make a horrible witness. (laughs) If we're being honest. God gave us the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. He's like, because I'm going to send you into the world, and if you keep being you, no one's going to pay attention. So I think we can all agree that the gospel requires honest cultivating the fruit of the Spirit, not just my sanity, but my neighbor's salvation requires this. Okay? So then what about the gifts of the Spirit? So if the fruits of the Spirit are for you, to honestly, to be more like Christ, the gifts of the Spirit are for others. They are true ministry gifts. They are the things that renew the world around you. They're heavenly tools of freedom and restoration. And when we talk about these these, uh, gifts of the Spirit, I want you to understand that, once again, power is not the outcome. Freedom and restoration is the outcome. Everything Jesus did was, yes, to free us from bondage, but more so to elevate us to who we are meant to be, which is royalty of heaven. We are on our Father's mission. We are extending our Father's dominion. So everything we do in ministry is about lifting up. It's about restoring. It's about bringing someone beyond And who has received ministry in a way where you didn't just get healed, you felt restored? And that's what we're going for. So I'll go through these, because these are fun. I mean, these are the fun ones we love to talk about, right? So like healing, right, Pastor John? The gift of healing. Who wants to be able to lay hands on someone and just go, bam, you're healed? Like, let's just go bam, 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 down the line, and everyone's just falling and dancing, and they got their wheelchairs off, you know, and there's boots on the stage, right? That's a sexy gift. Okay. Um, miracles. M- miracles, the gift of miracles. This, this can be, like, massive. You know, you can see I'm going to part the Red Sea. Or my AC broke in my car. I'm going to lay hands on my car. Now the AC works. Why not? Why not? If you had faith and you understood the kingdom that you control, why wouldn't you? That's a miracle. Okay. What about wisdom? I love wisdom. Spiritual wisdom. When you, who's ever had the answer to something that you shouldn't have the answer to? This is me. Like, everyone says I'm successful in the marketplace, but the reality is I just tap into the spirit of wisdom and make it sound good. God's like, hey, you know that impossible strategy? Here you go. And then I look good. He makes me look good. But wisdom is really what to do in any situation. Okay? Now, knowledge. Knowledge is about what is happening or what has happened. So you'll notice a lot of these work in tandem. So a lot of times, God needs to get our attention. When I'm going to receive something, I need to be in a receiving state. Do you know how hard it is to pray for someone who's just standing there? Your heart has to be open to receive. And so what you'll find is a lot of ministry is orienting a person's mind and spirit to receive. See, as ministers, the reality is we're not actually the ministers. The Holy Spirit's the minister. Our job is to prepare someone to receive. So when I minister to someone, what God will do with the word of knowledge is he will get someone's attention. Right? If, oh, I just, all of a sudden I know you're dealing with this. Or all of a sudden I know this fact about you. And all of a sudden their attention perks up. How did you know that? Because God knows 
and now you have their attention, and now you can do the next thing. Because all of ministry starts by being able to receive. And I say that preemptively because if you want to receive tonight, you actually need to be prepared to receive. And all, all of this deliverance is actually preparing someone to receive. Did you know what, when, when we talk about deliverance, it's not so much about deliverance. It's also about so that. You are free so that. So even, even the casting out of demons, yes, we love freedom, but it's also preparing someone to receive something else in its stead. So we have wisdom, we have knowledge, the gift of faith. Actually, did you know faith is the only one that's a gift and a fruit? Because we all need it. I can tell you many times where God has uh, urged me to do something in faith, and I needed it, and they needed it, and we all needed it, and, uh, and it works as long as you step up. So the gift of faith is not to be thought of lightly because it's okay. Sometimes God says, yeah, this is pretty big for you. I'm just going to give you a little shot of adrenaline in your spirit. So you don't even, you're not even thinking. You're not even going to think about, uh, all of a sudden, like you're just bold, like boss, like Colin Higginbottom, you know. (laughs) You'll have to let him know I said that. Um, But you just have this confidence about you. And then as soon as the moment's over, it's gone. And you ever had that? You're like, what did I just do? It's because the spirit, the spirit of faith came upon you. We talked about healing. We talked about miracles. The discerning of spirits. So it turns out that casting out of demons is not a gift to the spirit. That's just a function of our authority. Our kingdom is better than the devil's kingdom. So if we bring our kingdom, if I say, hold on, I am royalty in heaven's kingdom, and you're a lesser kingdom, so be gone. That's an authority thing. But what the discerning of spirits does is you can't cast out what you can't identify. So sometimes we need help to see. And the discerning of spirits is actually angelic and demonic. Just so you know, it helps us to see. I remember there was a time where or Pastor John got a word that someone had emphysema. And they came up to me for, someone came up to me for prayer. He was like, I think it's me. And God's like, yeah, but this is spiritual. And I instantly saw the spirit of emphysema. So rather than declaring a healing, I actually did a deliverance. Because in me, the spirit was able to reveal through the discerning of spirits. The same way that we actually were on a staff retreat at Awaken a couple years ago, staying up in Big Bear, and the third floor of the hotel was legitimately haunted. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, the elevators were closed off. The staff says it's off limits. And you, you go up there, and you can literally feel fear. So naturally, Pastor Leanne takes a group up the elevators, and we don't fit. So, so what do I do? My wife's like, well, why don't you take a different group up the stairs? So we go the other way, and uh, we go up the stairs. And I kid you not, I touch the doorknob, and I can feel the spirits. Because my, my spirit is active. And it's registering. Now, what's crazy is, like, I looked back and half the group did not make it up the stairs. Because they hadn't heard this message yet. But the reality is, we can discern spirits, but then we also have to understand our authority. So we can do things like that. And then you have the speaking in tongues gifts. Okay? There are three ways that Paul describes this, this triplet of gifts. There's, there's the speaking of tongues. Uh, there's the one that's our, our personal prayer language. And the way it is, is 
sometimes, if the Holy Spirit's in us, he can pray for us. Yeah. And who here speaks in tongues? Just so I have a good sense. Okay, a lot of people in the room understand this. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. And, and Paul flat out says this. Go, go read Paul's letters. He says, sometimes I don't know what to pray. So I let the Holy Spirit do it. And so when you hear someone go, Shambhadadada, you know, they, they give the whole speaking in tongues. What you're doing is you're saying, Holy Spirit, who's in me, your turn. You're giving him permission to pray on your behalf. Okay? That is a personal prayer language. Okay? Now there's two other variants. One is you speak in foreign tongues. Typically, it's just a language you don't know. Someone else might know it, um, but it's a language you don't know. And again, it's a sign and a wonder in many cases for people to understand that God is working. Um, And then there's the interpretation of that. So there's not interpretations of the personal tongues. That's just us and God. But when we speak in an unknown tongue, like a foreign tongue, sometimes it's works like you're, you're speaking in tongues, you think it's you and God, and then Next thing you know, someone actually hears it in their, in their native tongue or someone else doesn't hear it. And we, we don't see a lot of this in the Western church. Truthfully, I have not, I've, I've operated in every one of these gifts except for speaking in foreign tongues. Um, but I've, I've interpreted and it's really cool to see. And the point about all these gifts is they're really cool. They're all used for ministry. And the way that I learned to harness them was not to study them. It was to do them and rely on the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many times I walked into a circumstance. Sometimes I knew what I was getting into. Sometimes I didn't. And I said, I don't know, but Holy Spirit, you do. Okay? And because I had cultivated that identity and that intimacy, I had access to power. And so as I walked in to these various times, I had never operated in something before. And yet... It happened, and there was a shift, and there was the miraculous. Yeah. Because God is concerned about who you're praying for. You have to remember that ministry is restorative. And if you're worried about, can I perform in this miracle, then you're not ministering because you're not preparing the other person for their encounter, for their restoration, for their breakthrough. So the biggest thing you can do is rely on the Holy Spirit. If you've that one time that I had to deliver someone before I didn't know what I was doing, what I did know is that the Holy Spirit knew what to do. And I said, you're going to tell me what to do, or this is going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> and so what happened was, he got me through. I, I walked into a, a room with a, a bunch of other people, and I, I'm telling you, like I had just been delivered, baptized in the Spirit maybe four weeks earlier, so new to all this. They all got slain in the spirit, baptized, delivered, and like the craziest things were happening because I didn't know what to do other than listen to the Holy Spirit. And if you can get that right, you don't need to memorize these. They're just going to happen. What Paul was doing was he was coining what was already happening. So we have to be careful not to overstudy. We should understand. You notice now that I understand, and now I can teach it. Now I can operate it in greater levels. But never rely on, oh, I need to do this, or, you know, no. If you can learn to follow the Spirit, if you can learn to cultivate His voice in and out of season, why is it that when the disciples tried to cast a demon out from this one kid, and Jesus came back and said, you know this only comes out through prayer and fasting, and then He delivered the guy without praying or fasting, (laughs) 
because he had already prayed and fasted. It's because he had cultivated a life of intimacy and identity. So we can be ready in and out of season when we can learn to cultivate the voice of God, the Holy Spirit inside of us, okay? So when you get activated in the Holy Spirit, you have access to all this. You have access to all nine gifts. Some people say, well, I've only got this gift. I've only got that gift. No, you've only cultivated. You've only practiced. You've only, you've only been bold enough to go forward in one of them. You actually get all of them. You might be stronger in one or another. Like I very much am, am gifted in, um, in wisdom. Like God just drops the coolest things to me. And then I sometimes think they're me. And then that never goes well because <laughs> that just leads to arrogance. But... And then the next time you need to channel it, it's not there, and that doesn't go well. But you have all the gifts. You will cultivate them, and God will create opportunity for us to be able to grow in them. A lot of people will, will say sometimes, like, when I get baptized in the Spirit, and trust me, we're going to have some time tonight. If you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about it. We're going to let you activate into this. Now, when you get baptized... A lot of times what you will see or hear is like the first thing someone wants you to do is speak in tongues. Right? We talked about all the gifts. But one of the things we commonly see is, okay, you've been baptized. Now I want you to find that heavenly language. Now the reality is no gift comes first. No gift comes alone. You get all the gifts. The challenge is we always want a testimony of the proof that it happened. And when I get baptized in the spirit, there's not always someone in a wheelchair next to me when I get up so I can just do an instant healing. Okay, it worked. <laughs> Right? The reason that we always push for uh, having someone find their prayer language as soon as they get baptized is because it's the only gift that doesn't actually require someone else in order for you to experience it. So when we do this, we're going to talk a little bit about this because it's a good sign. But if you don't get it right away, again, all the gifts are there. If something feels delayed, it's not diminished. It just means God's working on you. In fact, what I see a lot of times if one of the gifts is not manifesting in you, for example, speaking in tongues. Well, I got baptized, I got prayed over four years ago, still don't speak in tongues. The reality is we probably need to do some deep work with God, have an encounter, and have him clean up what's ever affecting our faith, what's ever affecting us. It might be some deliverance, some, some inner healing. But the reality is we get everything, and we get it instantly. And it's on us to go through the journey of trusting what God's going to bring to us. You guys want to go on the journey, right? I think so. I think that is a great idea. So let's talk a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, if you've been born again, the Holy Spirit's inside of you. But we need that awakening. Remember, a lot of people in the Bible talked about like, you know, there's baptism with water and baptism with fire. Or he baptizes water, I baptize in spirit. It's the same concept of there is actually a baptism that takes what's inside of us and just like smashes the on button and really gets us activated. And so when, when, when you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You can, you can access the fruits. You can access his voice. But sometimes what we need is that baptism of the Spirit, that activation. Uh, the Bible talks about the laying on of hands, just someone who's already got it. When they're putting their hand on you, it's, it's not like some magic physical transfer. It's what they're doing is they're connecting their spirit to your spirit and waking it up. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's, that's a little bit of what the baptism looks like. 
but the measure of your gifts will be proportionate to the measure of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Intimacy and identity. And let it be said, faith is the currency that unlocks new measures of power in your life. See it, go for it. Trust him. And if it doesn't work, good. We need to learn the lessons. It's okay to get it wrong, and it's okay to get feedback. I can't tell you how many times I've prophesied over someone and said, did that make any sense? And they said, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Now, no, granted, half the time, they come back to me a week later, they were like, I was lying. I felt bad. But the reality is, you know, like, you know how they're, they're, they're ashamed to kind of like recognize, yeah, you read my mail. Um, but, but the reality of the situation is it's okay to ask for feedback. We need the proof. When, when, when John prays for someone for healing, move your leg, move your leg. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't diminish my faith. I start to orient. I start to orient. If, if I'm praying deliverance over someone and something doesn't come out, okay, let's reassess. Holy Spirit, what am I missing? Right? What, what am I missing here? If, if I'm trying to do something, we should be okay with growing. I know we're not. I know it's like California culture to go 10x and get it right, and I only win. And Listen, ultimately we do win, but <laughs> you have to fail to win big, and that's okay. Okay. It really is all about the partnership with the Holy Spirit. And that's where it stems from. And so I know a lot of us are, we're all over the place. Some of us have been baptized. We haven't felt them in a while. Some of us, we have a good relationship with God. I hear from God. I, I speak in tongues, but I've never seen the miraculous flow from my hands and my lips. Some of us, this is all new. I've never encountered this. Sweet, you're in the right place. We're going to make sure every one of you gets reconnected to the Holy Spirit right. tonight, okay? That's dangerous. That's, that's, that's crazy talk to write a book. Okay, so I will ask, because remember, boldness is key here. Is there anyone in here who is not baptized in the Holy Spirit who would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in front of everyone else? Okay, come on, come on. What's your name? Jen. Was it? Jen. Jen. Hi, I'm Alex. I think he realized that. What's up? Jesse. Hi. Hi. What's going on? Okay. So we'll get some catchers. Just, you never know what's going to happen, right? You guys never done this before, right? This is cool? Awesome. So I'm now, because you guys have volunteered to be on stage, don't worry. If you didn't come on stage, you're still going to get your chance. Uh, I'm going to actually describe what I'm doing as I do it. Because I want you guys to see whether you're receiving it tonight or want to learn to impart it, let's not overcomplicate it, okay? So the first thing that I will do is I will say, hey, are you saved? It's a helpful prerequisite, right? The Spirit's lit alive in you. Saved? Yes. Saved? Yeah. Saved? Yeah, no, you're saved. You're here to help. Saved? Awesome. Okay, so what this is, when I am baptizing you in the Holy Spirit, what I am doing is I am getting the Holy Spirit inside of me 
to reach out to your spirit and through that connection, just activate. But you need to be in a place of receiving. And I want you to understand how simple receiving is. You don't have to pray along. You don't have to do your hands in a weird stance, like some, you know, some weird pose. All you have to do, I usually have people... I need to push you forward because you're going to hit the LED screen, which is very expensive. Um, You can take these down, yeah. Okay. What I want you guys to do is you just got to receive. Like, you literally don't have to do any work. That if you're going to experience this, all you need to do is just kind of close your eyes and just receive the impartation. And I usually have you open your hands just so you get in a nice state, but be comfy. Whatever happens, sometimes when the Spirit of God hits you, it makes you weak in the knees. And if you feel like he's, you can't stand, we got amazing people behind you who will gently glide you to the ground and get up when you're done. And it's okay. If it happens, again, if it happens or if it doesn't happen, it still happened. Okay? As I lay a hand on you and baptize you into the fullness of the Spirit that's inside of you, don't worry about what happens. Just lift up your faith. Say, mm-hmm, yeah, okay? So I'm just going to go down the line and watch. I just want you to, it's this easy. And I just baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire, fire fall through him. Thank you, God, that you flow through him. Awaken inside of him. Thank you, God. Thank you. And as, as it stirs, maybe try looking for that, that those those, uh, those vowels, those symbols on your tongue, the gift of tongues. But if it comes, I just want you to receive. Look, God is so for you. He's in there. Right now, I just baptize you in the Holy Spirit with fire. 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 Yes. Right. Thank you, God. Oh. Yeah, you feel that? Feel that? Well, right now, I baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. I just say receive. You've, there's a lot that you fought for in your life. You don't have to fight for this one. This is his gift to you. This is his gift to you. Yeah. Thank you, God. Peace flow through her. Fire fall. Yeah. Just let it come. I want to take a dip, dip, big, deep breath. Yeah. Thank you, God. Come on. Okay, I just want you to receive. You ready? super easy. It's okay. That's all you need. I just want you in your mind just to envision. Just say, all right, God, I want all of you. I want all of you. I want all of you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, I baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Fire, fall upon her. Head to toe. Head to toe. Fall. Fire of heaven. Thank you. Just receive. Just receive it. Thank you. Yeah, he's doing a work in you. He's going through. I, I see that he's, he's, he's working through some thoughts with you, and he's getting to the place where he can say, nothing stands between us. You have all of me. <sighs> Thank you, God. Thank you. All right, guys, get ready. Get ready. Just get in that stance. Be pre-receiving. Yeah. Come on. Just receive. Nothing to worry about. Fire's just going to fall upon you right now. Take it, take it. Come on. Right now I just baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And with fire, fire of heaven, fall upon her. 
Yeah, fall, fall. You've been wanting this, fall. Hi, how you doing? You ready? Come on, God is so good. I baptize you right now in the Holy Spirit. Come alive, come alive. Fire, fall upon her. Fall, take her, Father. Activate new things in her, new things. Yeah, there's prophetic ministry in you. He just says, take it, take it, come on. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. I I break everything, everything that's held you back. I break it, every hold the devil has had over you, and I command it, this is it, this is the end. Your authority has come back. The spirit inside of you wars for you. He wars for you, he longs for you. Fire, fall upon her. Thank you, God, that if she finds herself so deeply in your arms, just run into his arms. Thank you, God. Just run. Just run. Come on. Just take it. Just take it. Come on. You ready? Right now, I baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on. All right. Come on. How are we doing? Okay. How was that? Did anyone feel anything shift on the inside of you? Yeah? Yeah, you guys feeling anything, any peace come over you? Any warmth, anything just kind of stir up inside of you? You saw a bunch of colors. You're seeing a new way. See, God, you are literally going to see things new. That's a gift because the Spirit's alive inside of you. So guys, was this, was this straightforward? Was this powerful? It's easy. Okay. Thank you guys for being so bold. And no matter what you experienced, go back to that place. I want you to worship, to minister, and in your time of prayer, I want you just to say, Holy Spirit, come. And just wait for him to come and let this grow. Does that work? Guys, thank you so much for being my brave examples. Okay. Who wishes they came forward? Yeah, who, honestly, who wishes they would have come forward for that? Some of you are stage fried, but who still wants the baptism if I don't make you come on the stage? Okay, here's what we're going to do. All of my ministers... I want you tags on on standby. What we're going to do is if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a second, not yet, I'm going to have you come fill up the front area here. And we're going to say that prayer together that I spoke over them. Super simple. And then what we're going to do is myself and the ministers, we're just going to walk through and lay a hand on you. We're not going to pray for you because we don't need to. See, the tone is already set. You're already ready to receive. All we need to do is impart from our spirit into yours. We do by the laying on of hands. So my ministers are at the ready. But if you would like right now to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come forth. Come, 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 come. Come on.
other. More room on this side. Awesome. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get you guys, just like them, we're gonna get to the place where we're ready to receive. And then someone, you're just gonna close your eyes and worship. And someone's just gonna come lay a hand on you. And whatever happens, let it happen. Okay? So if you're up here, and if you're not up here, please extend your hand. Reach out with your spirit. But what I want you to do, if you are up here, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to still your mind. I don't want you to pray along. You don't need to work for this. I just want you to close your eyes, clear your mind, and just, just lift up the thought to God to say, I'm ready. I'm ready for everything you have for me. I just want you to lift that up. And I'm just going to say this prayer. See, God is already moving because it's not about the prayer. It's about your expectation. So I'm going to actually have you guys repeat after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I invite you in. I receive your baptism of power, of fire, and everything you have. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.